my throat clear? Clear it in glass, baby. Welcome back to the Hindsight Podcast. I'm John, a.k.a. the guy with the best haircut. <laughs> Like this, yo, like a good haircut will change your life, bro. For real, for real. Like, if you don't know, like, you, you can come in, your hair's all messed up, right? Because your hair's all messed up, your life's all messed up, your life's all rough, there's, there's no uniformity to it, it's crusty, <laughs> your life is dry, like your scalp. And you go get a haircut, which is not going to solve your dry scalp problems, actually. But besides that, you go get a haircut, sit in that chair. He spins you around. He lines you up. Or you step out that barbershop, a new man. No cap. Everyone knows this. Like, <laughs> everyone knows this. You go in one way, you come out another way. You go in a boy, you come out a man. A manly man. Unless they mess up your hairline. Then you come out worse than you went in. I think I've talked about that before. When like when I was in rehab, my parents came to visit the one time and uh I wanted to get a haircut and the lady screwed up my hairline so bad. I wore hats for two weeks straight through rehab. Like <laughs> it was terrible. Absolutely terrible. Either way, it is Friday, June twenty fifth. Hopefully you're having an absolutely amazing day. It's officially six months till Christmas, the happiest day of the year even as i get older it's still a happy day even as i get less and less gifts each year did i even get anything last year i don't think i did <laughs> I, I, no, I, I technically did technically did i got uh some like stocks but it wasn't stocks it was forex placement it was whatever it's there it's technically still growing in value, so that was a pretty solid gift, I guess. I can give you that. Although, I don't think I even technically own it anymore. I think my mom now owns it, because, like, somewhat paid out of it, got the money from it, and, like, it's technically, quote-unquote, owned by her. But at the same time, it's like, I'm her son, right? I'm pretty sure, like, I'll be like, hey, the account's still technically in my name, so, like, let me cop. <laughs> Yeah, she got one for like she got uh, one for like me and my sister. Not sure how my sister did with hers or how that went, but yeah, Christmas six months. <clears throat> I'm happy. Either way, hopefully your day is going absolutely amazing. Hopefully you're staying hydrated because it's getting pretty steamy out there. Dummy steamy actually. All today it was a pretty chill day today in terms of weather wise. Uh, in terms of activity wise, not the chillest day ever. Kind of had a. It wasn't a busy day. I had stuff to do, which is rare for me. <laughs> but uh, this morning, had to drive out to Perimeter Mall to do tux fitting. Somewhat, we were told we were doing tux fittings, right? That's what Drew's put in the groomsmen group chat. And we had to meet up. We're going to meet up there, uh, look at uh, what's being tried on, you know, see what we like. See if we like it, see if we mess with the style, whatnot. That's what he put in the message, okay? So, <laughs> I show up, 
And uh, like when I get there and I'm walking towards the place, because in Nordstrom, we're in Nordstrom. And uh, like I see his mom and uh, one of his brothers link up with them and start making our way down to where we're supposed to go and get there, say, hey, I was the first one there, besides him, of course. And that's when he drops the amazing news that uh, they don't have our stuff anymore. <laughs> if you remember, like a month back, was it a month? Yeah, about a month back, we did the tux fitting. We got the measurements done, right? And then we placed the, the order for the tuxes and whatnot from the black tux, which is a part of Nordstrom, I guess. Uh, and so where we got that done, they don't actually have the supply for the tuxes. Cause we were at David's Bridal, which is like an offset of that. So they then sent that request to the main store, which is in the Nordstrom at Perimeter, right? And then they then send the request to like the, the main Nordstrom warehouse people, suppliers, whatever. But in between that time from when we got the measurements done to when that request got all the way to where I was supposed to go, they had ran out of the materials that they need for our tuxes. So they can't make them anymore. And by the time they have their stuff back in, it'll be too late for us to place the order and then get them in time for the wedding. The wedding's coming up pretty soon. It's less than a month away. It's, not, it's more than a month away. But like first week, is it the first week of August? Maybe the second week? I should probably know this because I'm the best man. This is pretty important information. <laughs> but I guess when it gets closer, you know, I'll figure it out. It's whatever. Like, I'm not going to forget. I can't forget. I have to go to the... You know the rehearsals and stuff. I can't. I can't like forget what day the wedding is. And also like we're all staying together before. So I, there's no way I'm gonna miss it. That's all I'm saying. Well, I can freaking miss it somehow. Like <laughs> when I say something that confidently, that's usually foreshadowing. Like I just it's just how my life works. But we're not gonna speak any negativity about that. But either way, was told that information, and so we had to figure out what we were gonna do about that and the two other groomsmen showed up and they get told the same information and we start brainstorming a little bit we picked out the colors because they had a couple like uh suits laid out on some mannequins and whatnot picked out the color that we're gonna get got that figured out and so we're like okay we will just since we all have our measurements we were given our measurements anyway like on a card so like, okay so we're just gonna go out find another shop that we can go to like men's warehouse or j crew whatever get the color, get the orders in, see the pricing. Whichever place that we go to has the best price, we'll all just go there and place our orders for the same suits. That way we all have the same suit. We're not all coming up in different stylings, anything like that. So that's the plan. <laughs> we should get that done by this week. Knowing us, though, probably won't happen. <laughs> like just no, no, Knowing this group, because, like, well, these guys are, all of them were my, have been my friends for a minute, except for, like, two who are new to me. But the other th three, yeah, the other three, not including Drew, the actual guy, but the other three, I guess, including Drew, because four. Like, we've all been friends for a minute, so, like, like we, we know how this goes. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, hopefully we get that done in time. We'll get that done in time. Once again, I'm saying it with confidence. That's not, it doesn't bode well. <laughs> Either way, though, while we were there, uh, 
we were looking at some other some these cool blazers that they had on the rack, like these really nice like velvet blazers, right? Because one of us uh, saw like this deep red velvet blazer, like the classic like red velvet blazer, Hugh Hefner style. You know what I'm saying? Like that that classic look, and like he pulled it out. It looked kind of fresh, to be honest. Well, couldn't be me though. I I couldn't rock that. But he tried it on. It was it, it was speaking. It was speaking. I'm like, yeah, it's kind of dope on you. But then there's this other one, that was like mismatch of colors. I get like, it had like different color patches on the panels, right? So like one panel, like half the panel was like a rose red, like a red velvet. The other half was like a gold, like velvet. And the other half, and then another panel was like green. And I think the other one was blue. There were four different color panels, and then so it was like paneled differently across the entire blazer. It looked like what the Joker would wear if he was going to the Met Gala, right? Like, <laughs> kind of had Joker esque vibes with the color matching and whatnot, with color blocking. But then, like that, you know, that that suede velvet look. It's classy, very classy. And the guy who, you know, saw that one, he tried it on, and it was definitely him, though. It was, it was that was, yeah. It fit his personality perfectly. <laughs> it, it, yeah, that's him. But then, but then, I saw the dopest blazer that I have ever seen in my life. It was the coolest thing I've ever seen. So, like, on the same rack, part of that whole, like, velvet collection they got going on in that rack. And it was, like, this essentially a space blazer right so of course it has a this background or base color is black like deep black with that nice velvet suede black it's clean and uh it's like if you were to google a picture of a galaxy right that's what it was so it had like the stars and like different types of stars on it and it wasn't like a pattern either it was like one picture just on the blazer. So like each everywhere you look was different. It was like it was like one complete picture. It just looked so dope. And it wasn't like super flashy anything like that. Cause like the stars were kinda kinda muted. You know, they weren't like super bright, like neon colorish. Right? But then like and they're different sizes depending on how close or far farther away they were relative to each other. It just was so freaking dope. It was me, bro. Like that 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 blazer was literally made for me. If I had the opportunity to custom design a blazer, that was it. I was staring right at it. Tried it on, it fit perfectly. They they literally made it for me. <laughs> it was so gorgeous. Like if I was not broke, I would have copped right away. Immediately picking it up, take the red shirt, that's mine. But, like, I know for a fact I could not afford that. Like, <laughs> how do I know? Because there wasn't even a price tag on it. If it's not a price tag on it, it's out of your price range. That's If you're checking the price, it's probably out of your price range. <laughs> that, that simple right there. But, man, it was gorgeous. I love that thing so much. We took some pretty dope pics with the, with the blazers on, three of us that picked out some of those cool blazers. I was like, hey, we should just get our own blazers and show up to the wedding wearing whatever we want, you know? <laughs> of course, that wasn't going to work, but, like, I just love that blazer. It was so clean. So freaking clean. But yeah, we're just making the best out of a pretty crappy situation at the moment. But, yeah, 
We'll get it all figured out, I guess. <clears throat> we were supposed to get some food later. We went to the food court. We're at the we're at Perimeter Mall. But I couldn't hang out because, like, I had to get to driving, doing some deliveries. Because, you know, it's my first week back. So, like, I need to grind and get my money back up. So I'm back at that, like, safety net level of having, like, a, you know, a safety net amount of money for if anything ever happens. So I got to grind it up a little bit. The thing is, though, I think it was yesterday I said that, like, the Uber app had made... A lot of improvements since you know the last time I was doing deliveries. That in my two month break away, they made some pretty good improvements to the app, right? Complete cap, okay. The app is still just as freaking garbage. Like I had the absolute worst experience today. Like, like okay, to be fair, they have made good improvements. They have done some pretty good quality of life improvements. But the core of the application in the code, it's still twisted up. Like you can you can make things look better, but if the code is weak, the app is weak. If the code is buggy, the app is buggy. It doesn't matter how good it looks. It doesn't matter what kind of quality of life improvements you add. If the core code is trash, the app is trash. And I experienced the crappiness, the full level of crappiness from this shoddy coding, right? So like, I was already starting late because of this whole tux fitting thing. And so I only planned on doing like two hours, then I would head home, that's usually when I would end anyway. And it was no big deal, you know, just cutting it short. Tomorrow's Friday, or today's Friday, technically for y'all. And so, you know, with Friday, I have a full day. I'll make up the lost time, whatever, it's no big deal, right? And so, first delivery I, I had uh, was from Chipotle. I was picking up two orders from there, but it was, like what, 12.30, 12.30 at this particular Chipotle in Dunwoody is always super busy. I've been there multiple times, pick up deliveries before. It's super busy around this time. So when I get there, first delivery was ready, picked it up, I had to wait like 15 minutes for the second one. Not ideal, but it's no big deal, right? I was already expecting it anyway, cause I know this Chipotle. So like, I was like, it's whatever. We'll just keep it pushing. And so I head off to the first delivery, get there. And so they changed this, they added a new feature to the app, right? Well, it's an old feature, but they redid it in a way. So, like, when you're in the area of the delivery, right? Like, geographically, when you're close by to where you're supposed to deliver the food to, if you contact the customer, it then starts an eight-minute timer, right? So, then after those eight minutes, if the customer, if you're not able to get in contact with the customer uh, or drop off the food, it'll essentially end the delivery and you can leave the food uh, at the place or whatever or where you're supposed to leave it you could leave it somewhere let the customer know as we left it and you don't have to wait for the customer anymore right now that feature was technically already in the app before but it was it's like how it worked before essentially like if you get to the drop off try contacting the person a couple of times don't get through it'll then ask if you want to start a timer and then start the timer so usually you have to wait like five minutes or something like that before you can start the timer now it starts immediately from when you contact the customer and you're in the area, right? So I was in like the neighborhood of where I was supposed to go, but I couldn't find the dude's house. So I text him like, hey, where's your spot at? He lets me know. Because I contacted him and I'm in the general area, it started the timer. And I was like, okay, it's no big deal. I'm like right down the road from where I'm supposed to be. I'm in the right neighborhood, just got a little lost. No big deal. So I get there. Hand the food off to the guy because he was now outside, like, flagging me down for where I'm supposed to go. Hand it off to him. I try to hit delivered, 
and it wouldn't go through. Like whenever it delivered, the app would just go offline. So like refreshed it, tried it again, didn't work. Closed the app out completely, tried it again, didn't work. <clears throat> Kept doing this like over and over again was just not working, right? So like the thing is, I can't start going to that second delivery until I can end this first one because I don't have the address of the second person until the first one's over, right? You don't get the second address until you've already delivered the first one. That's just how things work. I guess it's a security thing. But because of that, now this person's food is just sitting in my car. I can't deliver it because I don't know where I'm supposed to go and I'm struggling with the app. So like, if this thing doesn't work, I don't even know what I'm supposed to do with the food. I'm supposed to tell the person because I can't even contact the person. I can't do any of that stuff until I've ended this first delivery. And so eventually the eight minute timer runs out and it just ends the delivery as if I wasn't able to contact the person. I'm like, that's stupid because I already handed it off. Like, I'll never be able to contact them. Your app is just glitching out. And so I was like, okay, no big deal. At least it's over now. I can start heading over to this next one. Start going over to the next one, get there, drop it off. I was dropping it off at, the, at their front door. Didn't contact the person because I was able to find their house. Put it on their, on their front porch get back in my car, hit delivered, same thing starts happening. But because I didn't contact the person, there was no time where I got started. So I'm trying to figure this out. I'm like, I can't do the whole waiting thing again, like it worked for last time, because there is no timer. And so I tried contacting the person. I was like, hey, left your food on the front porch. Try to start the timer. Timer didn't start. So like, I'm just stuck in a loop of this thing not working. I completely uninstalled the app re-downloaded it, reopened it, same problem happening. I'm like, I have no idea what I'm supposed to do. So I ended up calling uh, the help desk, get that figured out. They had to cancel the delivery from their end, but they still like paid me out for the delivery itself. But because they had to cancel the delivery, I wasn't able to get a tip. And like, I was going to get a tip for this delivery because when I contacted the person, told them, hey, who's in the front porch? They're like, thanks, got it. Uh, the app still says that the delivery is still pending or is still going on, so I can't tip you. And I was like, yep, app's being glitched. And they're like, okay, once it ends, I'll give you your tip. It's like, cool, thanks, right? But now I wasn't able to get the guaranteed tip because of this stuff. Like, that's so lame. That's so lame. After that, I was like, yeah, I'm done for the day. Like, <laughs> I'm not dealing with this anymore. So I just bounced. I like, yeah, I'm going home. That's it. We're over. And uh, yeah. That was how my day went. So, we're hopping into this episode. Uh, as you can tell by the title, it's not a Let's Talk episode. And it's Friday. John, what are you doing? So, what had happened was... <laughs> uh, I was dealing with a pretty bad headache today. Like, migraine-level headache. I haven't had one of those in a minute. I think it's getting back to being an active person from being a couch potato. Having a little bit of effect. But uh, because of that, I had to deal with that for a minute took a lot out of me. So I'm kind of recording this episode like super duper late. It's uh, past 10 o'clock. Wow. Okay. It's later than I thought it would be. <laughs> but uh, I wasn't able to do the full research that I wanted to do on the topic that I was going to talk about in the Let's Talk episode because I was spent just cowering underneath my blanket trying to block the light from getting my to my eyes. Uh, so because of that, doing a little bit of a flip-flop. So... Doing Tales from Today, typical story episode that would be on Saturday. And so tomorrow, getting the Let's Talk episode that was going to be today, but after, but now I'll be able to like 
look into the topic completely like I wanted to. Because, like, I could just talk about it from what I already know on the topic. But, like, if I'm going to talk about something, I want to be educated on it. Like, I want to know what I'm talking about so that way I can give true opinions on what I, like, what I think about it. Because it's like, if I don't fully understand it, how can I say how I feel about it, right? Because what how I feel about my partial understanding of something may not be how I would feel about the entire understanding of something if I knew the entirety of the situation. So like, because, you know, I want to do it that way, I want to do it correctly, how I would like to have those conversations, just a little flip-flop. So it's still coming, just flip-flopping the schedule for this week, sort of doing a little bit of Tales From. And uh, coming back with uh, Tales from Southern, Georgia Southern, good old Georgia Southern, I thought I was not going to do any more of these episodes. I thought I was like out of stories uh, for for these episodes, for like talking from Georgia Southern, because I've hit a bunch of them. But I had, like, I don't know how it happened. It, it's because driving in my car alone, you think about stuff. This story popped in my head randomly uh, today while I was waiting for this freaking Uber app to get itself together. And uh, it's a funny one. <laughs> I don't know how I completely forgot about this. Probably because it was early on in my Southern career. But uh, it was the first week of school. School hadn't even started yet. Like, <laughs> like we, it was it's like we moved in uh, like the Wednesday before school started that following Monday, right? Uh, most people moved in that weekend, but because I was part of like the, the lead and serve LLC, whatever, like we were helping people move in with registration and all that stuff. So we moved in early to be able to help them with that, right? And so that weekend, uh, well, that Friday, some of the guys uh, that lived in my hall, they went out to a party at some frat. And uh, when they came back, they're telling me about it. Like, oh, yeah, it was super duper fun. We're going to go back the next day. You should come with us. And, like, this is, like, this was my first college party. Like, I was like, yeah, of course I'm going to go. It's going to be pretty exciting. It's exciting stuff. And, like, one of the people that I was going with was my soon-to-be best friend that year. So, like, we were, we'd already hit it off, like, when we first met immediately. So we were already, like, pretty buddy-buddy. And so since he was going, I was like, yeah, sure. Like, I, I, I feel safe going. At least I have somebody that like I mesh with that's like on my safe wavelength. Because the other two dudes were like shooing frat boys. Like <laughs> they were born to be frat boys. So like th th that connection wouldn't really work out. Not really my style. But the other guy, Nick, like that's that's my boy. We do things like that. <laughs> so we uh, Saturday night drive out we head up to this party and uh it's at like this house that wasn't on greek row because this frat had actually gotten kicked out of greek row for like doing stupid stuff so you know it's gonna be a good party <laughs> and like the party was started kind of at the house when we got there we're, we're kind of early there's only like a couple people there it filled up a little bit maybe like 15 20 people it wasn't like a, a huge project x like shebang anything like that but uh, they're like, yeah, we're really going to party out, like, in the woods. We got this spot out in the woods or whatever. And so, first of all, <laughs> me being the only black guy in this entire place, I was like, oh, bro, like, I don't, like, 
want to go out into the woods, like, at 11 o'clock at night, like, that just sounds like a bad idea. Like, <laughs> it sounds like a bad idea, man. I don't know. But, you know, you, you just kind of go along with things. It's the peer pressure. You just you don't want to be the one person that's like, yeah, nah, don't want to do that. So, start heading out with, like, this pack of people moving out into the woods. And, like, get to this one area that has, like, a little clearing type deal. And, uh, they had, like, or they already had, like, a bonfire prepared. Well, it wasn't burning yet, but they had, like, the stuff prepared. Lit up the bonfire. Party continues, right? Drinking the beer. It's my first time ever having beer. That's when I learned that beer tastes like urine. It is absolutely disgusting. Well, to be fair, the beer at this party, which was also the beer of choice at every frat party, because it's the cheapest beer that you could possibly buy, which is Natty Light, tastes like straight urine. How do I know what urine tastes like? It's because it tastes like what urine smells like. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, it tastes like urine. There you go. But uh, party's going down. Having a good time, I guess. I was trying to just get past the taste of beer. Because eventually you just you kind of get buzzed. And then you can just keep drinking. Because now it doesn't matter anymore. You're buzzed. So we're doing that. Playing some drinking games. whatnot. Next thing you know, a couple cops come through. Because, you know, there's a fire burning in the middle of the freaking woods. <laughs> so the cops come up to bust up the party and of course me nick the other two guys we're with we're underage like we're not we can't be drinking we're the young people at the, like everyone else that was at this party was like juniors and seniors upperclassmen right we were the only freshmen there <laughs> it was a interesting situation but yeah so we're the only ones that are also under 21 and so when the cops start pulling up like most people start to scatter I mean, they weren't in a big rush to get out because they were legal. Us, on the other hand, were not legal. So we really had to dip. <laughs> so we start just like sprinting out like towards what we what we thought was the main road through the woods. Because, mind you, we'd only been in Statesboro for a total of four days. Like, we don't know the area, let alone the woods. Like, <laughs> like, we don't know anything about where we're at, where we're going. Combine that with the alcohol consumption. Like, no one's like, yeah, maybe we should just pull out our phones and look up, you know, the address to our dorm. That would be smart. <laughs> but, no, nah, we just start running. Because police and alcohol, yeah. And so, as we're running, like, we're just going straight i'm really booking it like i'm running for my life for some reason if this was as if this was life or death and there's kind of like a drop off a little bit in the distance and you can kind of as i'm getting closer there's like a, there's a gap like a canyon type deal it wasn't deep there was a creek running through it it was probably like what a five six foot drop down into the creek. Creek was shallow though, so if you fell into it, you'd, you'd be hitting some rocks. And that wouldn't feel good. Probably won't kill you. Well, I mean, with the alcohol, it might, but it probably won't kill you. Just it would, would hurt really bad. It may break a couple bones if you if you drop in there. And so, as I'm approaching it and I'm running this fast, I'm trying to like analyze how I'm going to make this jump, cause like 
there's this that's the only option <laughs> i'm just gonna keep running straight i have to make this jump and it was kind of interesting because like if you think about it right when it comes to stuff like that when you think about it is when you mess stuff up because like imagine you're playing football right just playing catch or whatever ball gets thrown to you you're running after it like you're tracking the arc of the ball and you know you got to jump up and catch it but like you don't you don't think okay how much pressure do i put into my legs so i can spring up high enough uh how do i do i like if, you, if you just go with it go with the instinct everything just works out your body your brain can do the calculations about how much how high you should jump and how much pressure that would require from your legs to get to that height that you want to get to, right? You don't got to think about it, just do it. I'm overthinking this. <laughs> I'm running, jumping, jumping through bushes and whatnot, and like, I'm overthinking. I'm like, okay, I'm going pretty quick. At what point should I jump? If I jump too early, I won't be able to cross it. If I jump too late, I'll slip and go down. Like, I, I gotta, like, make sure I hit this jump. Mind you, at this point, like, we are well away from the party. Like, we didn't even have to be running anymore. Also, the two other dudes, frat dudes, the more frat dudes, had no idea where they were anymore. Like, they took a complete different route. We got cut off somewhere. I don't even know how that happened. I was in front of, my, I was in front of the group. But Nick was coming behind me. So, like, you know, we're still in this, like, life or death, gotta, gotta make this run mode right so as I'm, as I'm approaching this gap i'm like okay i'm just gonna just go for it like i'm gonna get as close as possible try to keep as much momentum as possible and just go for it right and i could see the other side because it was a pretty clear night moon was pretty bright i could see the other side of like this little like creek area and so i'm running I get close to the edge, go for the jump, and, like, I guess I'm going so fast, I flew. Like, I cleared the creek by a mile, and that was the problem because on the other side of the creek was not continuous flat land. <laughs> it was, like, maybe a foot that was still flat and then, like, a pretty steep hill drop off. Like, it was, yeah. <laughs> but obviously, even with the clear night, just running and then from that distance, all I could see is like that the lip. So, like, it looks flat all the way across, like, where I'm running, where I was running prior to. So, I hit that jump, clear the creek. I then cleared the flat part of the ledge. So, like, <laughs> I just go flying down this hill like, it was not, for one, it was not fun. Two, it was very painful because it's like, as the ground goes down, if you continue going straight, you are now approaching the upper part of the trees because the trees may all be the same height, but they're not starting from the same place. So, like, I'm starting from a high point. So, I'm going down into the trees. I'm not at base level. It was the most painful fall that I have ever experienced with the alcohol didn't hurt at all. <laughs> like I was cutting through branches, the nice good old tumble. Uh, Nick took the easy way and just slowed down, went down the little 
canyon, hopped the creek. The creek itself was like two feet across. Like, <laughs> it was not that. I was really overthinking it. <laughs> and he just climbed back up the other side. And then he came down to find me because although it did not hurt, like, I was dazed. Like, I was I was not getting up from where I was at. So he picks me up, claims me off. He's like, yeah, we got to get going. And we eventually made it back to the dorm. Turns out we were running, like, the complete wrong direct, Like, not directly the opposite way, but, like, assuming you're facing the dorm, we were running 90 degrees to the right. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> where we came out at, was literally on campus and so then we had to walk from campus to the dorm if the if the whole idea was to not get caught while being drunk or with alcohol in our system being on campus after midnight is like the number one way to get caught up <laughs> with the police somehow though they did not deal with, they did not like catch us or, or bother or anything like that. I think part of it was because school hadn't started yet. So like people weren't even on campus. Like everything that was going on was happening outside of campus. So like we were pretty left alone, able to get back to the dorms. The next day, I was in so much pain. Like, <laughs> like I, I was surprised I didn't break a single bone through that entire process. My body was pretty cut up. I still have plenty of scars from that night. <laughs> like, I will never be able to forget that night, yet I still forgot that night because I don't just, like, stare at my scars and, like, oh, yeah, I remember that night. Like, nah, it's just when the story pops up, I then remember, oh, yeah, I have scars from that night. <laughs> like, ah, oh, man, that was, uh, it was a fun experience. Not, well, the party itself was somewhat enjoyable i guess frat parties were never really my thing it was from that experience i was like yeah i don't think i really mess with frats like <laughs> not necessarily with frats i'm just with frat parties like that's that's not my cup of tea still went to a couple you know throughout my time at southern most of the parties i did go to that were not frat. okay that's incorrect they were not white frat parties i did go to a cup plenty of black fraternity parties those ones those those ones get turned <laughs> to be fair the white parties do get turned too but it's just like it's a different kind of turn you know what i'm saying like it's a different kind of turn like <laughs> they, they they turn up in two different ways also at the black frat they don't really serve beer yeah so you know better drinking quality <laughs> but yeah they, they both turn up in their in their own fashion both in, although I think I said it before, the best parties were easily the band parties. Band people, they turn up for real, for real. Man, they know what's up. Actually, speaking of scars from running and jumping, this is also related to Southern, so this 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 can count for this episode. So, I played ultimate frisbee. Rec, I played recreationally. Oh, I played ultimate frisbee recreationally when I was in school at Southern. Right, they had a little uh, rec league or whatever during the season. And so, yeah, I joined, I think, uh, was it my dorm? Yeah, essentially my dorm, but not, like, uh, my hallway only because we made teams, like, only for our hallway for, like, flag football and whatnot. But it was, like, the entire dorm as a whole made a team because not that many people play Ultimate. Uh, I mentioned before, like, I used to play Ultimate when I was in Texas. My freshman year of high school, 
was that freshman year? No, I saw what? Yeah, my sophomore year of high school, I played Ultimate Frisbee. That's when I learned how to play it and got into the game. Loved it. Was also pretty decent at it. So yeah, you know, if I didn't move, probably would have pursued it a lot more competitive. I was playing competitively at for, for the high school, but then they don't do that in Georgia. They don't have like competitive competitive Ultimate Frisbee in Georgia. At least at the high school level, they don't. Also, not many at the collegiate level either. Uh, but yeah, so like when, when they had the right league, I was like, yeah, I'm going to play. Be a little fun, be active, whatnot. And so, I think it was like, what, the second or third game we had, uh, like, we were just terrorizing this team. Like, <laughs> like, our team, I don't know how it ended up that, like, the people in my dorm were all just very good at ultimate frisbee like all of us had played before most of us had played competitively before so we were all really good and it's a rec league so like we're playing against people that some teams aren't very athletic in general some teams are just like a hodgepodge of people some that a lot of them have never played before just learning and so like it was it, it's a rec league so it's for fun we play for fun but also like we, 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 most of us all played competitively before. So, like, yeah, we're going to go ham a little bit at least. Because if you're going to win, it's got to make it convincing. Even if you have fun while doing it. Because you can have fun while still clapping people. And so, like, we were just, like, terrorizing this team. And uh, it's getting close to the end of the game. We were up, like, what? I think, like, 8-2, something like that, something stupid. Like, we had no need to to push the score any higher because, like, they, they were struggling to score just in general. And uh, I was like, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> like, uh, it wasn't like I don't care. I just wanted to make a really dope play. Like, I had a lot of good scoring plays that game, but it wasn't me scoring. It was me passing for a, uh, a point, right? So like, I was like, I want to make a pretty dope scoring play. Like, I want to I score a point. It can get me on the score sheet. And so uh, the plan was, oh, jeez. <clears throat> the plan was uh, pass it out kind of close to the sideline. And one guy, he had a really good backhand. So he was just going to, like, backhand just chuck the Frisbee uh, from, like, because he was probably at our 10-yard line. And the field was about... 70 yards we weren't playing a full field so then he was just gonna chuck it all the way towards the end zone i was gonna chase it and then do a nice little layout catch and it will look pretty dope right it's, it's it would have been cool <laughs> i say would have been because as you could probably tell that's not what happened so we start off they tossed the frisbee up because it was like they had just scored and so, do the first pass. He gets into his little, like, about to pass it. I start, like, blitzing it down the field. He chucks it. And I'm tracking it, like, all the way. Like, I was going to get it. <laughs> because, first of all, the other team, like, they, they weren't even tracking me. Like, I just blitzed past them. No one was pretty much chasing me. Like, I, I was good. I was good. I was going to make it. And so... Dude put the a little bit of a little bit of heat on the frisbee. It was coming out pretty hot. And so it was getting out towards in front of me. And it was coming down at a perfect spot for a layout catch. Right? Like 
I'm, I'm tracking it. I'm looking at where the end zone is. I'm like, yep, I can hit this. I can hit this. And so just like with the whole creek thing, overthinking something that should have been instinct would just ruin it. I started overthinking because like I knew what I wanted to do. The best layouts come when it's like a reactionary layout, right? This one, I was planning it from like before we even tossed the disc, right? And so like I was, since I was like, I was like running really fast. And so I was trying to like figure out how I would be able to jump off of my right leg because my strong leg. It's like how I'd be able to jump off my right leg so I can like angle myself right to get this layout catch. And like in that, somehow there was some like internal confusion in my body. Something didn't go right. I don't know. But I essentially just tripped over my own feet. And at the speed that I was going at, and mind you, this isn't like turf or anything like that. This is regular. We put on soccer fields. So this is regular grass. And it's not well-kept grass either. It was pretty beat up. Got some dirt. It wasn't smooth and like that. And so like at the speed that I was going, I pretty much just like slid on my stomach like a solid five yards. And the entire side of my body got skinned. Like, when I say got I'm talking like from below my chesticle to my waist on the left, right side of my body was just skinned completely off. <laughs> like the top two layers of skin were just completely gone. And it was bleeding profusely because it was a nice chunk of my side that was now de-skinned. It won one of the most painful experiences ever because my shirt is now attached to that blood and, you know, fresh layer of skin. And so they had to peel my shirt off of that, which disgustingly painful. Like... <laughs> disgustingly painful like i tried so hard not to cry because like you know like, you want to be tough or anything like that but like i couldn't help it it was so <laughs> it hurt so bad and then they had to call the the medical people like uh the people that are like i think most of them are nursing majors or whatever and they help out for rec games for all the rec stuff and they bring the cart over they had to put me in the cart and wheel me over <laughs> to the field house to patch me up. It was kind of embarrassing laying on my side in the back of their cart. Like, <laughs> and everybody's just looking at me. <laughs> but at the same time, like, I did not care. I was in so much pain. It was the worst. And so, in terms of scars, so it healed up pretty well. Like, that side of my body, you can't really tell that anything really happened there. But where there were deeper gashes from, like, small stones that cut in, like, there's nice scars there. And it looks like a, like a tiger claw. Like, a tiger just, like, scratched my side. Because there's just three gash, like, scars going down my side. Kind of cool, to be fair. Be honest. Kind of dope. Wasn't fun to get them. But, hey, it's kind of cool. People get that stuff, that type of stuff kind of tattooed on them, you know? I got a free tattoo from the earth. Oh, man. Bye. If you like this episode, you know the podcast, give it a like, good follow, get ready. All I can do is let me know that you like it. Of course, if you do like it, share it with your friends because good friends give friends good things. And you want to be good friends, so give your friend a good thing. If 
you want to follow me on social media, it is at Guy Without a Hat on the IGs. And, of course, as always, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Same time, same place. Every single day, you already know what it is. So, with that, I bid you all farewell. I'm going to go to bed because it's still getting later and later because time stops for no man. Uh, hopefully, you have an absolutely amazing day. As always, drink a lot of water, stay hydrated, don't get sunburnt, wear sunscreen. If you're going out, going to be in the sun. Skin cancer is not anything that any of us want, so be smart about that. Also, don't drink and drive. Don't know why I felt like saying that, but yeah, don't do it. <laughs> and yeah, I'll see you guys tomorrow. Have a good one.